Marvelites who are listening to Marvel's Pull List for new Marvel Comics on sale December 28th, 2022. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Jasmine Estrada. The M, if you didn't know, stands for Maroon, which is Ryan's favorite song off of the Midnight's album by Taylor Swift. I will say yes, because I have not listened a, to it. So it's a great know. track. It's probably my favorite. So great. You're in good company. Fantastic. Now, speaking of good company, this is a packed episode with lots of great people showing up. We are um, not just great people, lots of great comics. There are mm-hmm. 26 new comics on sale this week. We hope you have been saving your pennies because there's a lot to talk about, a lot to get excited about. We're going to get into all those because this is the official Marvel podcast for Marvel comics where we run you through all those new issues give some picks throw out some awards get to the community section tell you what's on marvel unlimited this week what collections are available and hit a reading club but we're doing something different this week yes because instead of talking to one person for our reading club or maybe two or three we're going to talk to everybody we're going to be talking to the entire marvel bullpen all the editors here at marvel and we're going to be one listening to what their picks of the year were some of their favorite works that they worked on some of their favorite works that their co-workers worked on that they were very excited to read we're going to hear some you know behind the scenes of who helped on what probably one of my favorite parts of this all but we're also going to get a tease to the future because we got some we got some goodies Love to hear it. Love for everyone to check it out when we get into that. But first, we got to get into our picks of the week. We've got three of them for you. First up, I'm going to go with Dark Web X-Men number two. Look, I'm a sucker for this book, for this creative team, because it's written by Jerry Duggan with art by Rod Reese and Phil Noto. Two sweet boys that I love so much and lettering by VCs Corey Pettit. This is a tie-in to the big dark web storyline that's going across various X titles and Spidey titles and floating into Venom and Ms. Marvel and all kinds of stuff. This one, uh, the title of this issue is called Dupe, which it just feels intense because we're talking about clones and we're talking about that feeling of... Wait, wait, wait. This is an X book. Can you spell out dupe for us? Oh, right. D-U-P-E. Okay. Dupe. Can't yeah. do that to me, Ryan. You know what? Great point. Could have been a whole dupe and then we would have to speak in a different language. That's yes. that's fine, but that's not what this is. And this one really, it, we get into a lot of uh, activity in limbo this week, which is really cool seeing Queen Madeline Pryor, the Lord of Limbo, as she's going through stuff. There's a big heist that's been going on. There's actually a couple of dark web books. I would say if you're going to read Venom 14 before you read Dark Web X-Men, you can read them both separately and that's fine. You can read them in another order and that's totally fine. But I actually started to go through Dark Web X-Men and I was like, ooh, I'm going to go check out Venom because something happens in Venom, which leads into things that happen in Dark Web X-Men. It's really great. And so we get into a whole bunch of things in Limbo. There's a search for something. Madeline Pryor, though, has a great scene in here with the Summers brothers, Scott and Alex. There's a lot of character building here. You you know, Jerry does really funny exceptionally well. He does big action exceptionally well. But the thing that I feel like sometimes people maybe overlook Jerry is one of the best characterization writers out there. He can just build so much so quickly with dialogue interactions, the situation in here. I will say this. It includes like puppies hanging from magical threads surrounding somebody's face. Honestly, it's on par with another death trap contraption that we saw the same character get in infinity gauntlet. Yep. 
Yep, 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 yep. There's a whole bunch of business there. We also get to see Ilyana and Jean Grey going through some nasty stuff and some weird manipulation stuff in Limbo. All of this brought to us beautifully by that tag team of Rod and Phil. And they each take different sections. So Rod does the sections that are in this weird state of limbo and it works because his art is scratchier and it's, it's got this this creepier vibe to it it's fantastic especially when you've got this looming mr sinister at one point and then phil's phil's getting those shots where you're seeing characters have these heart-to-heart talks even when alex summers is in his very skimpy inferno outfit from back in the 80s looking terrific all this together wonderful package continues to be one of my favorite books out right now yes Speaking of skimpy outfits and some of our sweetest boys in them, I'm going to be talking about my first pick of the week, which is All Out Avengers number four. It is written by Derek Landy with pencils by Greg Land, inks by Leaston, and colors by Frank D'Armada with letters by VCs Corey Pettit. This book has slowly become one of my like favorite reoccurring books just because of the mystery behind it. It's one of those books where it reminds me, I know I talked about this last week, but it reminds me of White Lotus where the book isn't necessarily about the mystery. Like there is a mystery. It starts with the mystery. It's not necessarily about it. I don't necessarily care about who did it. It's more of like, I want to learn more about this world and what's happening and like truly what our favorite Avengers are, are doing. And each issue opens up with a different scenario. We're in the middle of the action, which is what we were promised when we got this book. And this mystery is just kind of like the cherry on top. In this issue, we could do a, a close-up of some of my favorite adventures, which is a team up between Black Widow, Captain Marvel, Spider-Woman, and of course, Hawkeye. And speaking of skimpy outfits, this man's outfit slowly gets skimpier and skimpier as the pages go. And it's probably one of my <laughs> favorite gags in this book. It's so funny. Did not expect it. But we immediately open this book up with Black Widow falling into a monster called the Drexel. It is very much a Sarlacc pit lookalike. It is a giant monster like hole with all these fangs and tentacles kind of reaching out, grabbing Black Widow. And the way that she like gets out of it is probably one of the coolest things I've seen. Not only that, one of my favorite things I love seeing about the Avengers, and we see this a lot currently in Jerry Duggan, speaking of him, in his X-Men, where we see how these members of the team work together. Like, yes, they all are all very powerful and talented on their own. But when we see these types of like combinations of like their powers, their knowledge, their, you know, expertise, it's so much fun. The bad guys that we're they're facing off against are these like motorcycle riding bounty hunters known as the Drawl Society. And they are very much a hunter-based race. And they go on hunts that last months. And it's such a fascinating monster kind of gives predator type vibes and as we see these characters go against these guys like we see how they quickly innovate and they quickly change the way that they fight they mix up their techniques i mean hawkeye keeps getting more and more naked as we get uh through the book but like you know they it's just it's just a fun book it's like you're in the middle of all this action and halfway through we get introduced to a brand new or seemingly brand new villain um, it's a mystery woman. We, we're not quite sure who she is. And by the end of this book, we get some revelations that I feel like a lot of us who've been reading this book have been hungry for. And I'm very excited to see where it goes next. For sure. All right. Our third pick of the week is a big one. It is Timeless number one. This is, you know, I think at the end of the year, traditionally, we'll have one or two or three big, big issues and then only like one or two other comics that come out. Mm-hmm. This year, obviously, it's a little bit different. We've got a ton of issues. But if if I were to say, hey, if you want to read one comic this week that is out of your normal realm, 
Timeless is it. Timeless is the book to get if you are at all interested in the future of the Marvel Universe. If you are excited about all things Kang, this is the book for you. It's written by Jed McKay with art by Greg Land and Jay Lyston. Them again, uh, Patch Zercher and Salvador LaRocca. So we've got a huge, incredible art team. We've got Jed at the top of his game. It's colored by Frank D'Armada, lettered by VCs Ariana Mar. And it's a huge one. So huge, in fact, that next week here on the show, we are going to have Jed McKay, the writer, come on and do a creator commentary about this issue. So we're not going to get too deep into things now. I will say that there are huge moments for Kang. If you don't know a lot about Kang, this is a great introduction because you can see Kang is got tons of weapons, he's got tons of technology, he's very smart, he's well-trained, he's got all kinds of, you know, gugads and things around him um, that sort of rounds out his possibilities in a lot of ways. And on top of that, we get new villains for Kang. I, I guess those are, Kang is kind mostly a villain, so new I rival. Guess. Yeah, rival for Kang. Some really big questions therein. And most importantly for many of us are the glimpses into the future. There are a couple of pages here. (laughs) Can we talk about a specific Avengers team that were kind of teased here? Because I nearly screamed when I saw it. Uh, Yeah, I was very excited because of all the things there, I I know a thing or two. That one I was like, ooh, hello, hello, hello. This has got action. This has got time travel weirdness. It's got big stuff brewing. It it ends by saying to be continued in 2023. This issue really leads us into the year ahead for Marvel Comics. So save a couple bucks, get yourself a copy of Timeless, read it, and then join us again next week for our reading club, our creator commentary with writer Jed McKay. All right. That is it for our picks of the week. But now we got to talk about awards, Ryan. So last week's award was the Star Spangled Butts Award. It was very, 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 very near and dear to our hearts. Uh, mm-hmm. We awarded it to many good comics, but it came from Avengers Forever issue number 12. And almost immediately, like not even like minutes after the episode aired and like comic shops probably opened, Karis Pollard comes in with the screenshot. She knew exactly where it was. She was like, I love my Star Spangled Butts. I know where they are this week in the comics. And she found them immediately i am dumbfounded at how fast she got it i get it look we're on brand she's on brand the butt's on brand (laughs) it all makes sense yes so congrats karis yeah Uh, we also got a great email from aaron who said between the reading club this week and the talk of ryan's daughter loving villains i wanted to share the attached photo with you both Jax, who you may recall cosplayed at Venom from my last anecdote, has also always been a villain fan. It is super fun having a kid that thinks Carnage, Galactus, Mojo, and, that's Ryan, <laughs> even Modok are the coolest. He loves talking about the obscure villains, too. Ryan, you are in for fun with your daughter. Attached is our family Loki variants costume from Halloween. I think he nailed the kid Loki vibe of probably up to something. Uh, and the photo that Aaron sent is so good. The kid... With face down, eyes right into your soul as you're looking he's at the scary. photo. So he's, good. He's Tremendous. holding the cosmic cube. Uh, no, no, yeah. I'm worried. Yeah. Aaron, please tell Jack's doing a great job. Also, Pupper Loki, wonderful. Adorable. Yeah. All right. Ryan, are you ready for this week's award name? I am. All right. We are going to be giving away the There's a Brood Queen Under My Bed award. 
which is a great one. You'll have mm-hmm. to figure out where that comes from as you read your comics this week. If you find this quote, screen cap it and tweet it to at Agent M and at Jasmiest with hashtag Marvel's pull list or email us. That's the better way at pull list at Marvel.com. If you're among the first, I don't know, keep your emails handy, your DMs open. I may send you something fun. We got to get going because we have 23 more issues to talk about, starting with Amazing Spider-Man number 16. And I think either of us could have given this one of our picks of the week because it's just, it's so good. It is another issue written by Zeb Wells with art by Ed McGuinness. And so it's big, bombastic, over the top, wild. It is a big throwdown between Spider-Man and Chasm. So I'm super duper here for it. But I'm going to give my There's a Brood Queen Under My Bed award to the little scooter, the demonically possessed scooter who gets oh. caught up in the Spider-Man chasm battle, who and he starts seeing them and he's like scooting down the street and he goes, okay. And then he starts cursing. He's like, holy bleep. What does this have to do with me? This is a nightmare. One of you pieces of beep want to tip me back up. I, I cracked up. So I was good. dying. All right, moving on, we have Captain America, Symbol of Truth, number eight. And this one, it's been really fun watching Sam Wilson just kind of build up his team of associates. Like he's got this, like all these new people in his world. We got Nomad in here and I can't give it to anybody else other than him because he gets the There's a Brood Queen Under My Bed Award for just being the sassy boy that he is. He is like Sam Wilson has all these amazing like partners and alliances. And then there's Nomad who's just like, no, you're my sidekick. And it's I love it. I'm here for it. We've got Carnage number eight this week, and I'm going to give my There's a Brood Queen Under My Bed award to like the middle part of this book, which follows a streamer who goes into haunted houses and he makes the unfortunate mistake of going into the uh, old orphanage where Cletus Cassidy was raised. And it is creepy and gross and great if you love horror. Next up, we have Deadly Neighborhood Spider-Man issue number three. And I feel like I give this award to Juan Ferreira every single month because I mean, his art on. is fantastic. But so the book opens up with this just like single splash page of this like ancient device that has been embedded in Peter Parker's like chest. And it is the nastiest, gnarliest piece of ancient tech I've ever seen, only to be immediately topped off with a giant red-eyed raven who's got half of his face melted off appearing behind him while he's looking at a reflection of himself terrifying truly terrifying stuff in this book i am all here for it but i'm going to continue to give juan Ferreira my there's a brood queen under my bed award because every issue he just comes and delivers and he always just somehow manages to top himself from the last issue amen to that now keeping with the idea of giving a creator the award. I'm going to give my There's a Brood Queen Under My Bed award to Trad Moore, the writer and primary artist of Doctor Strange Fall Sunrise number two. Man, wowie, wow, wow, wow. This book looks unlike anything else. Trad is, is world building in ways that I have to go through these pages over and over again to fully experience it. It is a wild story of Doctor Strange in a mystical land up against wild forces, things that to scale, you know, you may see Dr. Strange as a tiny little thing in one panel and the rest of the page is this whole cityscape and creatures. And it's absolutely breathtaking. 
Next up, we have Midnight Suns number four. And as much as that Nico Minoro is in this book and is like just dealing with her powers and like loss of powers, I'm still going to give my There's a Brood Queen Under My Bed Award to the artist on this book, who is Luigi Zagaria. And easily gives Nico the coolest glow up in this book. Like she by far has the best glow up in this book compared to all her other Midnight Suns fellow members. And the stuff that happens in this book really starts to begin to like flesh her character out a bit more. Starts to explore some of these things that like we got left with at the end of Runaways over on Rainbow Rowell's run. And I'm kind of interested in seeing where it goes from here. So I'll be sticking around reading and seeing where things go with Nico. It's time for our Miracle Man section. Yes, yes, Miracle Man yes, by Gaming yes, and Buckingham, yes, the Silver yes. Age number three. Again, this one, we were like, do we pick it again? That would be three issues in a row. And just for the sake of like giving other books a chance, we didn't. But dear listener, this is a must buy. If you yes. are not reading and buying Miracle Man by Gaming and Buckingham, what are you even comic booking? Come on, people. It is gorgeous. It is lyrical. It is feels like, you know, obviously Neil is a... Uh, a writer of much renown and it feels like there's a flow and a literary bent to it all and then when you give mark buckingham free reign to just create and delve deep into the society that has been created in these stories it is just something gorgeous we're following young miracle man as he um is going through a lot he's trying to find himself and figure out what his place in this new world order is so i'm going to give my there's a brood queen under my bed award to the stuff that's going on within Mm -hmm. young miracle man's head in particular there's a dialogue that is happening there that I've been watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy again, as is uh, one of our holiday traditions, and I've been watching it, and the Gollum Smeagol sort of Ooh. back and forth. I got shades of that in this issue. In the I love possible. that. I love that. I'm I'm also going to give my There's a Brood Queen Under My Bed Award to Meta Maid, who also gets an amazing glow up. Because oh as I've mentioned in the past, when we've talked about these issues, at the back half of this book, we get some of the history and some of the like, you know, behind the scenes in this book. And we get to see what the original pages to this book look like. And her old costume, I don't know, very yes. of the era, which yes. is fine. Totally. Uh, but her new costume, whoo, sweet fire. Yeah, she looks like she should so be good. on stage, like opening for Lizzo or something. Yeah, she's so like good. a pop star and she's yeah, just killing it's it. Great. I'm here for it. So good. All right. We've also got Moon Knight number 18 this week. God, this book is so good. It continues to be so good. This one is all about Moon Knight and Tigra going to a vampire party and causing some chaos in here. Wow. I'm going to give my There's a Brood Queen Under My Bed Award to an umbrella. And I wow. will just say that the umbrella has a very pivotal role and it's a moment and it's just like psh, style panache excitement and there's some dialogue in here man jed writes a really great intense terrifying moon night this book continues just to keep getting better and better it rules so much all right next up we have murder world spider-man number one and Okay, this continues the Murder World saga, and there's only been one other issue, but I love the way that they're telling the story, because instead of it being Murder World 1, Murder World 2, we're getting to see these different tie-ins to different characters that we're familiar with, but we're getting a story that spans, like, 
multiple different characters. They're all new for the most part. There are some reoccurring characters here that we get to learn a little bit more about, but I love that we're exploring these new pockets of the world. And one of my favorite characters that we've seen so far out of this is Eden. She is a former MMA fighter who is also in the mix of all of this murder world competition. Uh, we get to see the next stage where all of the contestants fight against these robotic Spider-Verse members, all these different Spider-Men, Spider-Women. And I'm going to give the award to this particular guy, not because I condone it, but I'm just like, I wish I had the audacity. I wish I had the gall that this man has. And it's the bartender. I'm going to give him the, there's a brood queen under my bed award because as Eden is at a bar, you know, she's just trying to relax after work. The bartender's like, hey, you mind if I put the game on? And instead of it being like a, an actual like sport, he's like, some buddy of mine just sent me this dark, deep, dark web link to this crazy like free for all death ring. I'm just going to throw this on TV here. That's okay with you, right? And she's just like, okay, sure, whatever. But like, why would you do that? That's a terrible move. Don't do that. But also it was hilarious and I loved it. So I'm giving him the award. Yeah. All right. Well said. We've got the final issue of New Mutants with number 33 out this week. It's the final issue of this volume, but don't worry. There's more to come as we move into 2023. I will give my There's a Brood Queen Under My Bed award to this issue showing us that even what seems like the most useless, inconsequential mutant power can save the day. And there's a great hero moment for one of the characters in here fighting a really scary X-Men villain, and it works out surprisingly well yeah next up we have peter parker and miles morales spider-man double trouble number two this is a great book for all ages i don't care if you're brand new into comics or if you are a diehard comics fan who goes every wednesday to pick up their books this book made me laugh out loud on so many occasions this book has just so much heart in it there are so many moments in here where the jokes are just perfect like the way that this creative team works together is just fantastic. I wish I could give them a million. There's a brood queen under my bed awards because both Vita Ayala and Mariko Tamaki are just absolutely killing it. And so is Guruhiru, who is delivering some of the most dynamic animated styled art in the pages of this book. Hell yeah. The uh, most important thing, Peter yes. Parker, Miles Morales, Spider-Man Double Trouble, number two, is the first issue we've had in quite a while that includes Sugar Man. Sugar I, Man I is gonna in say this that. comic. Sugar yes. Man is in this comic. How? Why? You'll have to read it and find out. But that, to me, is a must-buy, dear listener. Love it. All right, another final issue this week. It's Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, issue number six, final part of this limited series. But this one is the big blowout to see who gets control of the Ten Rings. And that's where I'm going to give my There's a Brood Queen Under My Bed award to the big battle that takes up like a good half or so of this issue. It's excellent martial arts action and some big surprises all right next up we have she hulk number nine and i've been waiting for this issue ever since we got introduced to these new characters these new villains because it's just been building and the last issue that we got here was just so fantastic i was waiting for this confrontation to finally come to a, a crescendo and we're starting to see that here we're getting these villains kind of facing off against she-hulk really airing out their grievances against her and for that and all the dialogue in this book i am giving it my there's a brood queen under my bed award all right y'all hold on to your butts we're going to a galaxy far far away for five issues this week there are five star wars comics out this week starting with star wars dr afra number 27 I will give my There's a Brood Queen Under My Bed award to 
Dr. Afra Chelli, finally making some moves. She's been in a really difficult place the last, gosh, like five or six issues. And we finally get to see that she is not to be trifled with. And she is maybe, maybe going to come out of this. Okay, we'll see. Then we've got Star Wars Han Solo and Chewbacca number eight. I will give my There's a Brood Queen Under My Bed award to the gasp I made at the end of the issue of like some business that's going on. And like, we know ultimately where these stories go, but the fact that I could suspend disbelief and get wrapped up into a story and feel the drama around these characters that we know so well is a testament to the quality of these comics. We've got two Star Wars High Republic books this week. First one is Star Wars High Republic number three. I'm going to give my There's a Brood Queen Under My Bed award to the elephant looking uh, star alien characters that I don't remember ever seeing before in Star Wars. But there's one here and it's a kid. And then like I was like, oh, that's a cute design. And then you get into the story and what happens therein. And I was like, oh, you jerks. Oh, you jerky jerk jerks. I will leave it at that for you Star Wars fans. Then we have Star Wars, The High Republic, The Blade, number one, which this is, I I don't know for sure, because I am not a Star Wars historian, if this character introduced here is a new character or has been established previously, probably in some of the High Republic novels, I'm assuming. But the character's name is Porter Engel, and he's a Jedi. And then there's his sister, Barash, and the two of them rule. But Porter Angle opens the issue and gets my There's a Brood Queen Under My Bed award for the opening scene of using the force to use blades and, and different instruments to make soup. The characters then go on to get into some wild action and really cool stuff. I, I like the dynamic between the two a whole lot. So I'm looking forward to more issues of the blade. And finally, we have Star Wars Yoda issue number two in here with a gorgeous Phil Noto cover. And I have to give a big shout out to Bengal for the variant cover that has Yoda playing a little musical instrument. It's one of the cutest things ever. I really, really loved it. Uh, But ultimately I will give my, there's a brood queen under my bed award to Yoda getting captured because come on, let's face it. You don't capture Yoda. Yoda captures you. And so when that happened, when the characters were like, where's Yoda? Oh, no. I was like, oh, you fools. You have no idea. You have no idea. That's a fun sequence. And then ends in a way I was like, ooh, this book has taken some good twists and turns. Digging it. Next up, we have Strange Academy Finals number three. And I want to give multiple awards. One, I want to give it to the opening pages of this book. Introduces us to the pirate known as Jean Lafitte, who was a actual pirate. French pirate who was known as the quote, terror of the Gulf. And it sent me down an amazing Wikipedia hole. Highly recommend you do that. Also, congrats, Jean, for your Marvel Universe debut. I love it for you. But also I'm going to give it to Calvin, who we've seen kind of, you know, go through a really rough patch in the last couple of issues of this book and the kind of redemption arc that he goes on here. So for that, I'm going to give him my There's a Brood Queen Under My Bed Award. On to Thunderbolts number five, and I guess I'm the one getting all the final issues this week because this is the final issue of this limited series of Thunderbolts, and I'm going to give my There's a Brood Queen Under My Bed award to the fact that the Thunderbolts face off against one of my favorite Marvel villains, Nightmare. Such a cool design, weird character. You guys are actually a really cool plan in here, and whether or not it works, you'll have to see, but I was like, 
that's a cool use for nightmare and what yeah. he's trying to do. I was like, damn, that's great. I'm, I'm uh, glad but you lots said of stuff that. happening for the Thunderbolts throughout all this. Next up, we have Venom number 14, which is a dark web tie-in. Uh, as Ryan mentioned at the top of this episode, highly recommend you read this before you read Dark Web X-Men number two. But in this issue, we get to see how Venom is being utilized by the Goblin Queen in this whole dark web story. We get to learn, you know, just what's going on with Venom, because if you remember from the Amazing Spider-Man issue, he's gotten a lot dumber. And in here, we get to learn just how that happened and how it relates to Chasm and Boy, does Chasm terrify me in this issue because he is a freaky dude. And the way Al writes him scares me. And for that, I'm going to give him my mm-hmm. There's a Brood Queen Under My Bed Award. Hell yeah. All right. Another book we could have picked as one of our picks of the week, of course. Oh but we had to take a break from it. It's Exterminators number four. The whole issue gets our There's a Brood Queen Under My Bed Award, of course, but in particular, I'm going to give it to the the main cast here making fun of their vampiric captor, calling him Piss Baby, Pee Pee Boy, Whittle Baby Loves Pee, Aw Little Piss Boy. There's a whole sequence in here that I was cracking up about, and it's all part of the story. It all makes sense. Yes. It all makes sense. It's it's a whole thing. Also going to give it to the cosmic condoms uh, oh in this God. issue because that was probably the funniest thing I've ever read in my life. Also give a special bonus award to the fact that we pop in on an X-Men softball game, which yes. is always a, like a longstanding tradition in the yes. comics. It's like Leah Williams playing the hits here, making up new hits. Just so dang good. And it is a gorgeous issue. Carlos Gomez, good Lord. Whew. That man is dangerous with the pencil. Yeah. And finally, we have Extreme X-Men number two. And in this issue, we continue to see our team try to track down Ogun, who is kind of this telepathic shadow ninja kind of in this in this story. As he's jumping from host to host, we get to see our heroes try to track him down and just kind of realize how he's playing them all like fools. I'm going to give my There's a Brood Queen Under My Better Word to Jim Rugg, who does an amazing Jack Herbie homage variant cover to this book because it is so cool to see this team and the way that they're stylized as the like the extreme x-men costumes in the old school jack curry stanley x-men number one issue cover which is just it's so spectacular i love this i'm definitely tracking down this variant cover Mm -hmm. jasmine we did it we got through 26 big issues, but there's still more for everybody. The collections on sale this week include Captain Marvel by Kelly Sue DeConnick Omnibus, which is so freaking great. If you've never read Captain Marvel by Kelly Sue, please, please, please fix your life. Go check that out. And then I will say official handbook of the Marvel Universe update 89 Omnibus. Delicious. Just hit me in the face with it. I want it in my brain right now. It's on its way. I'm sending it over right now. Terrific. Um, also want to highlight Trials of X, volume number three, and Miles Morales, volume eight, Empire of the Sun, which is the second to last collection of Saladin Ahmed's run. All right. Over on to Marvel Unlimited. Of course, there's a bunch of issues added to Marvel Unlimited this week. Axe Judgment Day, number five. Avengers, number 60. We've got Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor, number four. Exterminators, number one. If you have not been reading one of our favorite books of the year, and you're on Marvel Unlimited. Now is the time. Get your X-Terminators on, baby. 
and a bunch of Infinity Comics are also hitting Marvel Unlimited this week. We have X-Men Unlimited Infinity 67, Avengers Unlimited number 26, Spider-Verse Unlimited number 30. Um, we have Avengers Electric Rain number 9, Marvel's Voices The Family Snicked number 31, Love Unlimited Hulkling and Wicked Infinity Comic number 30, It's Jeff number 23. We have a Spider-Verse Unlimited Infinity Comic number 31. Avengers Limited, Great Lakes, which is done by Kyle Starks and David Baltion. The Great Lakes Avengers are called into action against the Rhino in the Midwest. Love it. I love to see my, my Midwest Avengers team in action. And as well as the stuff over on Spider-Verse, we have The Jackpot Question by Jay Holtham and Fenn Hamilton. So lots to read there. Yes. All right, Jasmine, we're doing something a little bit different for the Reading Club this week. Yes, instead of a reading club, we're going to be talking to all the editors of the Marvel Bullpen about what their highlights for this past year were, as well as maybe get some teases for what's to come in the new year. Gotta tell you, Ryan, there's some there's some fun stuff in here. I'm excited. Hmm. Well, let's get into it. Hi, my name is Jordan D. White. I am a senior editor at Marvel Comics, and I work on the X-Men line of books. 2022 was a great year for X-Men books. Uh, we had the launch of Immortal X-Men and the launch of X-Men Red, two books that I absolutely love working on. They're books that when the scripts come in every single time, I am blown away by how cool they are and how much fun they are and how how great they are in scope and in the amount of growth and exploration. Kieran Gillen is doing such a good job of handling the politics of Krakoa and the intertwining the wants and desires of the council members in, in Immortal X-Men. It's a, a really thrilling book. And meanwhile, over in X-Men Red, Al Ewing is developing in the Araco society in ways that that we've never seen before, in huge ways. It, it, it gives it a, a depth and a history that absolutely blows me away, all while still having awesome superhero stories about Storm and Magneto and Sunspot and these new characters that they're, uh, that they're meeting on Araco. Both of those books are so great. Meanwhile, um, X-Men by Jerry Duggan has continued on. Uh, I think the year started with us finding out the truth about what happened to Cyclops to uh, make him become Captain Krakoa. And that built to the revelation of mutant uh, resurrection to the public. When Ben Urich put that story out there after having had his mind wiped of it at first, and Cyclops said, no, we have to tell the truth, that blew up the Hellfire Gala in a big way. It was supposed to be another celebration of mutant kind, and then instead it ended up with them on their on their back foot as, as they were rocked by that news. And that led into AXE Judgment Day, which is, in my opinion, the best Marvel crossover in many years. I love that book so much. Kieran did such a great job of taking the stuff from X-Men, from Avengers, and from his Eternals run, weaving it all together in a way that absolutely moves all three franchises forward in exciting ways. I was blown away by that and was great for crossovers. Jerry did great crossovers with that. Al did great crossovers with that over in, in Legion of X. Cyspirier did. X-Force, Wolverine, all of these books tied in in such cool ways. Marauders as well. As well as, you know, stuff in the Avengers universe probably acknowledged it at some point. I don't, know, I pay, don't pay as much attention to that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I love them. Uh, speaking of other offices, man, is Amazing Spider-Man a great book. Zeb Wells just absolutely kicking butt on that. And uh, Spider-Man has always been my favorite comic book character, and they are absolutely doing him justice right now. That's, that series is super exciting and 
if you're not checking it out, you really owe it to yourself to do so. I'll mention two more books, too, that, that might have flown under the radar for you that you might not have heard about. One is uh, Exterminators. It's a totally nutty book. It, it is a book about Dazzler, Jubilee, Boom Boom, and Laura Wolverine out on the town for a night out consoling Dazzler for a breakup she had that goes completely bonkers. It becomes this, this crazy like tribute to nutty exploitation films. Leah Williams went completely gonzo on it, uh, writing the book she was born to, to write. Meanwhile, Carlos Gomez drew it, made every page of it completely gorgeous. It is over the top, crazy violent, crazy fun, so much fun and excitement. Uh, I, I loved that book. I loved working on it. Here's another fun one, X-Men 92. Uh, we had Steve Fox come in and, and uh, write X-Men 92 for us, and Salva Espin drew it. The idea we came to him with was, can you write a miniseries in the style of the X-Men animated series that does the entire story of Jonathan Hickman's Krakoan era all the way through and then wraps it up the way you would in, in, in an old episode of a cartoon. He does that in five issues. It is completely bonkers. It guest stars everything and everyone you've ever thought you'd want to see in the, the animated universe and is so clever and so fun. So both of those are a blast. In the realm of the X-Men coming up in the next year, there's there's a lot of nutty stuff that's going to happen. First of all, at the top of the year, Sins of Sinister is so ambitious and so just just crazy. People don't really know what they're in store for, but we've already said it's going to take place over the course of a thousand years, and it is. That's the kind of nutty scope that these guys are going for, and I'm really, really excited about how it turns out. Um, I'm, I think everybody's going to really enjoy that. Then later in the year, we've been teasing Fall of X. Oh my goodness, that's going to be uh, oh, something. Uh, I don't want to say too much, but you're going to have to stick around for it. It's a big deal for us. Meanwhile, in other in other realms, uh, you know who I'm looking forward to hearing from is my old friend and collaborator, Jonathan Hickman. I happen to know that what he's cooking up for next year, and I cannot wait to read it. Hi, I'm Michelle Marchese. I'm an assistant editor in the Avengers office. I work on Hulk, Thor, Black Panther. This past year, I worked on Defenders Beyond and Jane Foster stuff and a bunch of exciting things that I can't talk about yet. I feel like everything I'm doing next year, I can't talk about yet. <laughs> so this past year I started, I started in March, and I really want to talk about the Defenders Beyond miniseries that I got to work on. I love that book. I just feel like Al Ewing and Javier Rodriguez are such a dream team. They work really well together. They're both so thoughtful about their approach to everything. It has this delightful cast of characters that I love so much because a lot of them are like characters that you don't see used very much, like Tigra is in the book. And who would think that we would get Tigra in a book in 2022? And even though it's a team book, they both, Alan and Javier, do a really good job of giving each character these like individual moments to shine while also having this incredible like multiverse sprawling, wild, brilliant explosive story. But I also really loved working on Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor. I just love Jane Foster. I love all things Thor, so I was really excited when I got to start and work on Thor books. Yeah, so when I first started, I was working on the Hulk versus Thor Banner of War event, um, which was written by Donny Cates and drawn by Martin Cocolo. Both of them are brilliant, amazing, like just so delightful to work with. Martin's pages were so intense and jaw-dropping. 
And Donnie had this like really incredible script with all these like big, sprawling, intense moments. So it was a really like exciting way to get started at this job. Okay, in 2023, what am I most excited for? Well, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I can't talk about that's going to be super, super cool. But I am really excited about Torn Gronbeck is doing like a five to seven, depending on how you count it, <laughs> issue arc on Thor. And first of all, Torin is Norwegian. So having that like Norwegian connection on Thor, she just brings so much knowledge and mythology and epicness to the story. Dr. Doom is in it. And I feel like we've been hurting for a Dr. Doom and Thor kind of showdown. And there's going to be, you know, philosophy, big fights, a lot of cool stuff. And it's going to be really great. Uh, hi, folks. This is Drew Baumgartner. I'm an assistant editor in the X-Men office, um, and I work on books like Wolverine and X-Force and uh, some upcoming books like uh, X-23, Deadly Regenesis. Uh, well, this was my first full year at Marvel. Uh, one of the big highlights for me was um, working on the 10 lives and X deaths of Wolverine. Um, that was my first ever work weekly series. Um, that was really fun. <laughs> a bit of a roller coaster ride, but um, it was really exciting to be part of that. There were a lot of other exciting books this year, including Gambit uh, with uh, Chris Claremont. Obviously, that's a very exciting uh, name to be working with in the world of X-Men. And that series was beautiful. It was drawn by uh, Sid Codian. I'm very proud of the work that both of them did on that book. I also worked on Sabretooth and the Exiles with Victor Laval and Leonard Kirk. I mean, bo bo both Victor and Leonard managed to tell a story that like has all these like deep social commentary themes, but then is also really dumb fun like <laughs> like manages to like do all this like fun amazing action stuff too yeah um i'm really excited for uh folks to get to check out uh, what we've got planned for fall of x i know that's only been teased a little bit but uh that's going to change the status quo of the x-men universe uh, pretty significantly and that's going to have a very very big impact on i mean all of the books that i'm working on including some new ones that uh, we can't even talk about yet Hi, uh, my name is Will Moss. Uh, I'm a senior editor here at Marvel. I edit books like Thor and Black Panther and Hulk. Been a lot of good books uh, this year. I love Doctor Strange: uh, Fall Sunrise, the Trad Moore's miniseries that he's just launched. It's been it's such a uniquely Trad Moore book. It's a trip, and it's perfect for the character. I can't wait to read the rest of it. Also, the the newly launched Fantastic Four series by Ryan North and Yvonne Coelho. Love that book. I think they're a perfect fit for the book and they've come up with such a cool direction that you know just all these questions that are up in the air about it it's exciting uh, i'm really into that book i also really like the alligator loki comic that's on marvel unlimited uh Alyssa wong and bob quinn it's a really fun trip so if anybody uh has marvel Unlimited membership they should definitely check that out because i don't know it's just it's just a joy it's like a really good sunday comic strip i also uh really like the work that Charlie Jane Anders has done here past year, first in a Voices One Shot and now on New Mutants. You know, I'm, I'm really excited to have her contributing here. She's got some great ideas and, and already a terrific batch of issues under her belt. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited for more. Yeah, Black Panther, John Ridley uh, and uh, has been doing a really awesome job on just making T'Challa's life worse and worse and worse. And then Herman Peralta has come on to draw the last two arcs of the series and he's just a phenomenal artist it's been a it's been a great experience having him on the book also the we did a fun like thor and hulk banner of war crossover that we did earlier this year was a lot of fun to produce donny cates with just typical like you know big bombastic ideas in that story and, and mark colo 
the first time I'd worked with him, he's a phenomenal artist. He's one of our stormbreakers now. Now he's on the Deadpool series that just launched. He was a joy to work with there. And he's matched Donnie step for step on that story. Defenders Beyond, that was another great book that I like working on this year. That was Al Ewing and Javier Rodriguez. They'd done a Defenders miniseries about a year and a half ago that was great. But this this was the follow-up, and it managed to top that. Uh, they're just really creative, inventive storytellers, and uh, it's fun to watch them collaborate. One more plug that I want to put in is just I've been really impressed with Ryan Otley. He's killing it drawing Hulk ever since we launched that book. But the past couple issues of Hulk, he's taken on writing as well. He's doing great, and he's having a ball. 2023, I'm excited about uh, There's a lot of great stuff coming. Uh, on, on my end, pretty much everything is actually I have to keep under wraps. There's a lot of cool new projects. I've got like four number ones in June alone. I'll plug instead Scarlet Witch, uh, which starts in January. Steve Orlando uh, and Sarah Pacelli and, uh, are, are putting together. It's a terrific book. Uh, Russell Dodderman is doing the covers. I've gotten a chance to, to read the scripts, and it's it's great. It's just it's exactly the kind of Scarlet Witch book that so many people have been like wanting and clamoring for. Hi, I'm Anita Okoye. I am an assistant editor. I mainly work in the X-Men office. And I assist Sarah Brunstad. We've worked on New Mutants, Legion of X, Knights of X, Excalibur, Betsy Brada, Captain Britain, also Black Widow, uh, Captain Marvel, and uh, some IP properties like Planet of the Apes, Alien, and we will be working on Predator. Um, I really enjoyed what was done with Krakoa in terms of the X-Men line of titles. Some of my favorites were X-Men Red. Sabretooth was really, really great, especially because uh, Eddie is one of my favorite characters and she finally got some shine. And Victor Laval is an amazing writer. And New Mutants, uh, Vita, they always, there was an arc, I believe it's called, it was like, I think 25 through... 28 and it's called the labors of magic we get a really good view on the ptsd that magic went through in earlier in her life and there is like a resolution to it and of course i remember reading the proof and i just started like crying and i remember messaging vita i was like i hate you you made me cry <laughs> and they were like <laughs> Um, so yeah, also Black Widow, the last run was really, really fun spy series with a lot of emotional things of her past. In terms of what I've worked on, uh, New Mutants, I'm very excited about in general that series because I believe it's the longest run of having trans writers. So they're Vita and then Danny Lore did an issue and now Charlie Jane Anders is writing it. And Alien, I enjoyed Alien. Uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson is such a delightful, smart writer. And Yen Nitro did the colors, um, worked with Julius Atwa. If I butcher his name, I'm so sorry. And it was just like a delightful surprise to see when those pages came in. Um, and they were just like a really good team. Well, I know Charlie Jane Anders is writing a new uh, arc for New Mutants. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see uh, 
Declan Shelby uh, is writing a new arc of Alien. Those are the things that I'm excited about. Hey, y'all. Uh, Danny Kazam here, associate editor, uh, mostly in the Star Wars office, but also, uh, you know, all throughout the, the Mighty Marvel Universe. I'm working on uh, pretty much all of the Star Wars books, uh, working on a few projects with writer J.M. DiMatteis and a couple other secret projects. <laughs> all right. So for 2022 was, was a pretty big year. So at the very beginning, uh, one of the most proudest projects that I worked on was the Ben Riley Spider-Man series uh, with J.M. DiMatteis and David Baldion, jumping back to the Clone Saga era when Ben was Spider-Man. And that has kind of kicked off a great working relationship with J.M. DiMatteis. So now in the tail end of 2022, we have uh, Spider-Man The Lost Hunt, which is a sister series to that, now looking at Peter and MJ while Ben was Spider-Man. Another big project I was very proud of was uh, Spider-Punk, which was uh, written by Cody Ziegler, art by the incredible Justin Mason. It was uh, a nice trip through the the Spider-Verse. You'll see more of Justin soon enough on, on something again soon. A quick shout out to Cody for relaunching Miles Morales Spider-Man um, with Federico Vincentini. Like it is a Beautiful book and a, and a great, you know, back to basics for Miles. Earlier this year, we at Marvel had a meeting with Lucasfilm to look ahead at what the Star Wars books are going to bring in 2023. And we have some pretty crazy stuff coming down the line that I think fans of Star Wars film, TV, comics, toys will want to check out. Keep an eye on all of the books. Everything that we've been doing in 2022 each piece has been a step towards this. So look back on your Han Solo and Chewbacca, look at the Revelations one shot that came out this year, and Hidden Empire as well is going to be the last piece in the puzzle that is setting up what we've got coming in 2023. People should keep their eye out on the Free Comic Book Day with Venom. It's one of the most interesting stories I have ever read, and I think it will really take people by surprise. Hi, I'm Lauren Bissom. I'm a senior editor here at Marvel, primarily working on all things kids publishing, as well as a few select monthly comics. I started the year in 2022 launching Miss Marvel Beyond the Limit, uh, a limited series written by the incredible Samir Ahmed and illustrated by Andre Genelay. Michelle Ahmed is a Pakistani illustrator who did all of the main covers on this run, and they're just so beautiful. And I love how strong uh, she makes Miss Marvel in them. This is now out in trade. So if you haven't read it, go grab your copy and get caught up because Marvel has a lot of very exciting things planned for Jersey's own hero. I did my first superhero team up with author Mahale Mashigo. That was a very different kind of beast of a story that I'm used to. We had Moon Girl um, diving into the larger MU and teaming up with a ton of awesome superheroes. For as little devil dinosaur as it has, you get Lunella's feeling on every page of her missing uh, comrade. And I just love that this story really gets to shine a light on her love of devil dinosaur in, in maybe, you know, whereas early issues, he was kind of an inconvenience. And then coming off of that, we have this awesome adventure by Jorna Fuego that really sets Lunella up to having some 
really sweet friends. And like the moments in that series are just so much fun. And the artist Alba Glez has done such a beautiful job on these illustrations. Like every week these pencils come in and my associate and I just like pour over them. Like I find myself zooming in on like every little detail, every little face in the background. Her pencils are just so good. There are these moments where Devil's like looking sad and I just want to give him a hug. That's all I want. I'm really excited for readers to dive into as that story just launched last week. The thing I'm probably most excited about right now going into 2023, we don't even have to wait that long because it's out January 3rd, is Captain America and the Ghost Army. It's a brand new graphic novel in partnership with Scholastic. It's written by number one New York Times writer Alan Gratz and illustrated by Brent Schoonover and some other awesome artists. But it's like a super classic Captain America story. You know, the first Captain America story comic we ever got was Steve Rogers, Captain America, punching Nazis. Well, kids get to enjoy him punching Nazis again because this book's set in World War II and he has to take on Baron Mordo alongside the historical Ghost Army, which if you guys haven't heard of the Ghost Army, look them up. They're very cool. We have so much coming from the kids' side of things. We have a brand new Spider-Man adventure from Abrams graphic novel. Any famous heroic pet that has been in a Marvel comic is likely to make an appearance in this book. From Lucky the Pizza Dog, who's one of my personal favorites, to Chewy, a little sneak peek of Devil in there. It's super fun, written and illustrated by Mike Mayheck. I giggled the whole way through editing that. Also, back to Moon Girl, we have a brand new Devil Dinosaur Infinity comic going into our Friday Funnies line. So this is the scrolling format. We have our first two issues in and they're just so cute. Hey everybody, Uh, I'm Mikey Basso. I am the assistant editor in the Star Wars office uh, here at Marvel. And I work on all the Star Wars titles um, across the line, everything from Star Wars flagship to uh, miniseries like Han Solo and Chewbacca and uh, new initiatives like the High Republic series. For 2022, uh, it was my first year as uh, assistant editor in the Star Wars office. So I was very excited to kind of get to play in that world and explore all the new things that came our way. We introduced uh, a few new characters like Phaedra in the Han Solo and Chewbacca series, as well as characters, you know, in the phase two of High Republic a lot of new things to love and appreciate in the new uh, era of Star Wars. Well, Mark Panicha and uh, Danny Kazam in the uh, Star Wars office with me uh, have been super helpful. And, you know, learning from them has been such a great experience. And getting to work with all the creative teams and writers across the board, uh, Mark Guggenheim and uh, Greg Pak and Kevin Scott have been great to work with, along with all of our super talented artists that have been incredibly helpful to me personally learning and to, to bringing uh, Star Wars to life in comics. 2023 has will, have, uh, will be a big year for the Star Wars universe. If you have not been reading the things that we've done in the past year, you'll definitely want to catch up on things like Han Solo and Chewbacca and Revelations. And there's a lot of little details there that you'll definitely want to go back in and, and check out and, and zero in on. And that's all I can really say for now. I am Tom Brevoort. I'm Marvel's executive editor. I directly edit the Avengers slash Marvel Heroes titles. 
my highlights for the year is really just getting through the year. It's another year that everybody worked remotely. Uh, and so it's just astonishing that we've made it to the end. And we actually put some comic books out uh, along the way. Uh, I guess on top of that, the biggest things I can look back on for the year, uh, obviously there was uh, AXE Judgment Day, our, our big event in the middle of the year that I oversaw uh, with Kieran Gillen and uh, Valeria Skeedy. I also really liked working on the Thing limited series that I did with Walter Mosley and Tom Riley. This year, you know, most closely, I worked with uh, Annalise Pisa, uh, who, among other things, I don't want to pigeonhole her as just the one thing, but uh, she did the terrific Marvel Unlimited serial in the Love Unlimited category, Millie the Spy, which took Millie the model in the 1960s and put her into a crazy spy adventure, which I thought was a great idea and a great way to rethink and repurpose that character. Uh, and then also, uh, you know, my assistant editor, uh, Martin Byro, uh, who did a bunch of things this year. <laughs> Frankly, he did most of my work this year. And then on top of that, uh, you know, edited a, a number of things. They really worked hard and well. In terms of titles that are not in my office, because I do actually read some of those from time to time, I, I got to call out, you know, specifically Chip Zdarsky. And Marco Cacchetto, Daredevil Run has been super top-notch. Also, uh, Amazing Spider-Man by Zeb and Johnny Romita and uh, you know some Ed McGinnis and a few other people has, I think, been really top-notch. Immediately, I'm most excited about Timeless, which is dropping pretty much as you're hearing this into comic shops and which provides a little bit of a look ahead and a roadmap to stuff that's coming, including uh, you know a, a bit of an announcement about a, a book in the near future. Then slightly further down the line, uh, I've been very happy and gratified with the response we've gotten to the Ryan North, Yvonne Puello, uh Fantastic Four relaunch. And in smack dab in the middle of this year, number seven, is actually our number 700. So we're going to do a big, oversized, super cool anniversary issue where Ryan has, has written the ultimate Doctor Doom story. And so, uh, you know, we're getting to that. You know, we'll also find out in that issue where the Fantastic Four are going to live now that they're all back together and they don't have a building to, to hang out in anymore uh, and other big stuff like that. So FF700 is on the horizon. You can hear it thundering your way even as we speak. My name is Mark Basso, and I'm an editor at Marvel, uh, working in the X office on titles like Wolverine and X-Men Legends and X-Force and a whole variety of X books. Some highlights from 2022. Uh, well, we kicked off 2022 with the 10 Lives of Wolverine and X Deaths of Wolverine, an interlocking 10-part crossover that brought Wolverine both into his own past and to, uh, you know, adventures from his future. If you haven't read it, I won't spoil it. But it was a kind of um, mind-blowing and time-twisting double event that really changed uh, what we knew about Wolverine. Benjamin Percy wrote that, and uh, the art was handled by Josh Cassara and Federico Vicentini. That was a real highlight of the year. Colors in that book by uh, Dijo Lima and Frank Martin just brought it to a whole new level. Um, we, had, we had so many great adventures in 2022. I mean, we uh, we wrapped up uh, the Conan saga with King Conan, which was, uh, um, you know, the, the trade's out now, and that's a, that's a big, uh, you know, 
kind of big send-off for Conan the Barbarian. That we've uh, never reached that point in his history before and uh, never will again. So that was a real event. Yeah, another real treat of the past year was uh, was going into the past with some of the X-Men creators of, of legend and lore. So um, working with, with Chris Claremont on Gambit was, was a real uh, highlight and, uh, you know, brought out a really cool story with, you know, a character that Chris, Chris co-created back in the day and really brought to a new level. X-Men Legends, we covered so much ground with, you know, Anna Senti, Roy Thomas, but it was really fun to kind of dig into that X history and bring out new gems that we never saw before. This year also saw the release of Extreme X-Men, uh, bringing Chris Claremont and Salvador LaRocca back to their run on that title. It's a clean entry point with a great team, uh, both a great X-Men team and as well as a great creative team. These are the guys that brought that out originally, and it's a perfect starting point if you haven't read it. But if you are missing Extreme X-Men, you can think of this as, you know, issue 47. This is a, a new story, but with those same creators and team that you love. So that's been a real uh, treat to kind of put together. Oh, there's so much to be excited about in, in the coming year for X-Men and for, for Marvel Comics in general. I will say that um, Wolverine's, let's say, rivalry with Beast has been hitting up all the past year. And you're going to see some stuff you never would have thought would, would happen between these two characters. The Weapons of X storyline is going to be, I think, a landmark storyline in Wolverine history and in X history. And that's one you don't want to miss. Um, you know, Benjamin Percy's continuing to write that title and really pulling out all the stops in his, uh, you know, in his creative runway there and, and putting together a really, really awesome storyline. Um, you know, working with uh, Juan Jose Rip, the artist on there, who's, who's absolutely killing it. And um, Frank Darmada coloring it. it just looks amazing and it's going to kind of blow your mind. In 2023, you can look forward to more great new X titles, um, including some missing quarters of the X universe you haven't seen in a bit. We're going to be taking them into the future and, and kind of showing you what's been going on with some fan favorite characters, as well as a big status quo change for a uh, very classic uh, X character that uh, it's going to kind of redefine this character's position as an Omega level mutant, let's say. So big stuff. Hi, my name is Caitlin Linvet. I am an assistant editor for Alana Smith over in Marvel's Avengers office. So I currently work on Captain America Sentinel of Liberty, which is the Steve book, Captain America Symbol of Truth, which is the Sam book. We are also working on Scarlet Witch, whose first issue drops in January, as well as the Wasp Anniversary which also has a first issue dropping in January. We also work on the Love Unlimited Infinity comics, which are beautiful and everyone should check out, um, along with a few of our fellow editors. It's a real team effort for that one. So this year was my first full year. I got to help out on the Banner of War Thor Hulk anniversary event that happened this past spring. I am getting to work on Scarlet Witch, who is my favorite character. It's just amazing. Basically, I've gotten to learn a lot of things and I've gotten to interact with characters that I have loved my entire life. Uh, so I want to shout out the creative teams that I have worked with this year that I'm working with on currently. The Cap teams, Tochi, Jackson, Colin, Carmen, RB, they are all wonderfully talented, wonderful people. Um, our colorists, Nolan Woodard and Jesus Abertov, are phenomenal at what they do. They're just 
fantastic teams that have created amazing books that everyone should go read. They're wonderful. Steve Orlando and Sarah Pichelli on Scarlet Witch, Cassia Nie and Al Ewing on Wasp. Everyone who was very kind to me in my first six months as I was trying to get my feet on the ground. <laughs> and there are too many to name there, but they know who they are. Thank you so much for being very nice to me. <laughs> and I'm glad we put out some great books. I'm Lindsay Kohick. I'm an assistant editor in the Spider-Man office. So I work on Spider-Man with Nick Lowe, uh, She-Hulk. I also edit Demon Wars by Peach Momoko and Tiger Division. Some of my highlights in 2022 were, uh, I mean, continuing to work with Peach Momoko on her series. I mean, previously it was Demon Days and now we're doing the follow-up series Demon Wars, which has been super exciting. I mean, everything she does wows me. (laughs) Other highlights were Tiger Division by Emily Kim. Uh, Increasingly has also been a delight watching that story unfold. I I have a special attachment to the characters. Edge of the Spider-Verse was like a big one for me. (laughs) I mean, there were so many cool new characters introduced in Edge of the Spider-Verse. And my highlights within the highlight would probably be a Spider UK, a spinstress, Loved her so much, the spider princess. She was so good. And uh, Web Weaver, my personal favorite. He was fantastic. So uh, She-Hulk by Rainbow Rowell has also been another highlight for me. I just love her writing so much. I love her character work. She made me like Jack of Hearts in a way that I never thought possible. (laughs) And then also Spider-Man with Dan Slott and Mark Bagley. Watching them work is just... (laughs) A delight. They're both so good at what they do. I've also really enjoyed this year the stuff that Zeb Wells continues to do in Amazing Spider-Man is fantastic. And the stuff that's spun out of his stuff, uh, out of like the Spider-Man universe, Gold Goblin, I thought was super cool, which is Chris Cantwell. Lamadina has been super cool. I love it when people take uh, traditionally villainous characters and send them on a new path. (laughs) My two things that I'm excited for in 2023 would include, you know, Demon Wars and Tiger Division are going to be wrapping up. And I'm super excited for people to see how those stories conclude. The finales should be exciting. There's some continued wonderfulness in She-Hulk, you know, that Rainbow's working on. I try not to give anything away, but (laughs) it continues to be intriguing and a little bit spicy and we love to see it. Hi, I'm Sarah Singer. I am an associate editor of special projects at Marvel Comics. So I work on adult licensed projects, be they fiction or nonfiction. This means prose novels, art books, any sort of coffee table book you might see. Some highlights from this past year would be Aconite Books' Squirrel Girl Universe, which is by Tristan Palmgren with a gorgeous piece of cover art by Marazilla Chan. This is a prose novel. It's a brand new story about Squirrel Girl and her friends. It's intergalactic. It's super fun. I'm also really proud of Inside Edition's Marvel Anatomy, which is written by Mark Sumerak and Daniel Wallace with incredible illustrations by Jonah Loeb. This book is so cool. It is chock full of awesome, really hyper-realistic illustrations. It was super fun to work on. I'm really proud of how it came out. 
I would love to give a shout out to my boss, Jeff Youngquist, who has been so supportive. It's super fun to work with him. He's great. Also to Caitlin O'Connell, who does the juvenile side of licensed publishing. I took over the adult portion of her role. So she's been a huge mentor to me and really, really helpful helping me settle in at Marvel. Also, the S&P and proofreading folks are amazing. They are the true superheroes of Marvel. Always want to give shout outs to them. My most anticipated licensed project of 2023 is a prose adaptation of Loki Journey into Mystery. It's coming from Titan Books this coming year. It's written by Catherine Locke. It is going to be awesome. Catherine is incredibly talented. They are the perfect person to tell this story, and I cannot wait for it to be out in the world. My name's Alana Smith. Um, I've been an editor in the Avengers office. Well, it started as an assistant, but I've been in that realm of things for, I think, about seven years now. So my my highlights of 2022 uh, are definitely launching the new runs of Captain America, Captain America, Symbol of Truth, which stars Sam Wilson, and uh, Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, which stars Steve Rogers. Um, I'm super, super proud of the creative teams on both of those books. They've been utterly phenomenal to work with, and I think they've done such a good job of carving out their own territory and making two very different but very like simpatico cap books that offer something different to each reader and are just really engaging and exciting and there's so much more in store for both of them uh, and symbol of truth this year we're seeing a kind of a corruption of of falcon who is uh you know the new falcon who is sam's sidekick as well as the rise of villain in the form of white wolf who is black panther's adoptive brother and in Sentinel of Liberty, we've seen a really, really incredible heel turn from Bucky Barnes, who has turned his back on Captain America to try to destroy the villainous organization known as the Outer Circle from the inside. So there's been a lot of great machinations on that end and uh, much more drama and heartbreak and angst and catharsis to come. <laughs> In 2023, I am most excited for Captain America Cold War, which is our, our long-awaited crossover between the two Captain America titles. The teams on those books have been wonderfully in sync while still doing their own things, and so this will give them a chance to combine what's been going on in both sides of the story, and it's a really interesting push and pull of these, these different styles of storytelling and also these very different characters who react to situations in very different ways. You know, we're going to see more of that Bucky villain arc. We're going to see more of White Wolf, who is Sam's prime villain. And at the center of it all is uh, Ian Rogers, who is Steve's adoptive son. And Sam's first sidekick is Captain America. So we're going to see a bunch of Captain America adjacent characters, including some we haven't seen in a while in the book, like Black Widow. And it's just really epic and phenomenal, and I really can't wait for people to read it. One other thing I'm excited for in 2023, actually very early 2023, is the launch of the new Scarlet Witch solo book, which I know people have been waiting for for a long time to see Wanda take on the lead role in a comic. It's phenomenal. Uh, Steve Orlando is writing, and he's just doing such a great job. And uh, the legendary Sarah Pakeli is on art, you know, just doing the incredible things that Sarah Pakeli does. And uh, we managed to get Matt Wilson on colors, and Matt is always 
incredible too. So that's really going to be one to watch. It's a new status quo for Wanda, uh, a very forward-looking and uplifting status quo that has a lot of intrigue and excitement. Hi there, I'm Caden McGahey, and I'm the assistant editor in the Spider Office. Well, one of the assistant editors in the Spider Office. I work on mainly Amazing Spider-Man, but you can also catch me on Strange Academy Finals, Edge of Spider-Verse, Gold Goblin, uh, upcoming Hallow's Eve, and our Dark Web crossover with the X-Men. For me, I gotta say Edge of Spider-Verse is really up there. We introduced a lot of really cool characters from Spinstress and Sun Spider, and I, I gotta say my personal favorite being Web Weaver. I had a lot of drive creating that character with Steve Fox and Chris Anka and Kei Zama, Brian Reber and Joe Carmagna. Like, he's my little baby. And I'm a gender non-conforming gay person. And when I was coming into myself, I didn't have other gender non-conforming women around me. But I was in theater, and so I had a lot of gender non-conforming men. And they don't really get that representation in media of like getting to be the hero, getting to be a serious, multifaceted, dimensional character. And so this was just kind of my love letter to them of, you guys are heroes, you guys are the bravest people I know, and now you're Spider-Man. Congratulations. Nick Lowe has been a phenomenal mentor. I've been in the Spider-Office and at Marvel for a little over a year and a half, and I'm so grateful I got put with him. There's chaos to be had. But it is a very fun chaos, and I'm learning so much. I am very excited for 2023. I've just been told of some stuff we're going to be working on next year. I will say that it is Edge of Spider-Verse, and the end of the Spider-Verse arc in Adjectiveless Spider-Man is not the last you will see of our dear friend Webweaver. I will be getting to work on one of my favorite characters of all time. I'm not even going to say who yet. <sighs> Albert, Albert, Albert. Albert is the clone of Nick Lowe, and he is making my life a living nightmare with his clone supremacy agenda in the spider office right now. We all love Ben Riley, but uh, Albert takes that love a little too far. I, I think he really sees Ben as a chance to push a very pro-clone agenda. I'm all pro-clone. I really am, but um, I think he's also a very anti-original type of guy, and uh, that's that's where I have to draw the line. I'm Albert Banizak, the spider editor at Marvel Comics. It's hard to pick any highlights of 2022 before Dark Web number one and Amazing Spider-Man 15 through 18. Um, before then, the editing on the spider books was incredibly pedestrian, uh, low class even. But when I took over with the publishing of Dark Web number one from my clone, Nick Lowe, uh, it, was, it was a joy to bring the, the old Banizak perfectionism to the table. I don't want to undercut the creators who worked on these books for the last seven years, but the fact that they were uh, weighted down with that low, low guy is just such a shame. I would love to give a shout out to uh, Zeb Wells, Zeb, I don't think he's quite realized the change. I don't think he's the brightest bulb on the Christmas tree, if you catch my meaning, but he can sure write. And then John Romita Jr., I think 
I mean, what a legend. What a legend. I mean, I've only got to work with him on a few covers so far. But then there's Ed McGinnis, pours his heart in his soul. I think he was as happy to be rid of that Nick Lowe guy as I was. Um, and as I'm sure the fans are. But as we see the... The the last shout out I want to give as we see the pinnacle of Ben Riley. I'd like to give a shout out to Ben Riley, and as we see his his rise to glory and his transcendence, I'm really excited in 2023 to uh, to to just bring more goodness to the Spider Books with Ben Riley and Chasm at the center of it. Um, it, it's just the fans are so lucky to be living in this golden age that just started with Dark Web. And the, the sky is truly the limit. Uh, the books are going to be a new renaissance. And uh, I'm so excited to be at the wheel to drive that renaissance into their homes. And I just want to say something. I think there's some people out there who are concerned for some reason about Nick Lowe. I'm not a monster. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put the guy six feet under something. You're fine, right, Nick? No, I'm not fine! You have me cheating! He's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Hush up now. All right. I'll uh, see you guys soon. I would normally say uh, big thanks to everybody who was on the show, but uh, Jasmine, I think we need to check on Nick. Yeah, I don't know. Albert kind of... There's a little bit something else going on back there uh, that we should definitely take a look into. Yeah. Um. We'll let you know how that goes. But for now, we got to wrap it up. This episode of Marvel's Pull List was produced by Ryan Panagos, Jasmine Estrada, and Cara McGurk-Allison. Brad Barton is Marvel's Pull List Senior Manager of Audio Production and Development, and Jill DeBoff is our Director of Audio. Don't forget to email us, pulllist at marvel.com. Rate, review, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And of course, use that hashtag Marvel's Pull List or email us. Again, we like the emails. Thank you. We'll be back, oh my gosh, in 2023. See ya. Bye. I'm Ryan. Bye. And I'm Jasmine. This is Marvel your universe.